0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Ched. It's 105 at Edmonton Hour, number two Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline 7804960063 and text us on our Heartland Ford text line. Over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory at Heartland Ford, one of the largest volume Ford dealers in the province of Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford out in... uh fort saskatchewan uh couple texts quickly bob why question bob's manliness for uh, having his kids dictate what they did yesterday uh, because he let his kids pick the movie i'm sure he snuck a bottle of baileys in his man purse that one comes to us from jason from sankudo jason i've never actually had a man purse for the record uh some guests on the show received gift cards to japanese village steak and seafood cooked right at your table japanese village Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and shirt park. I was at Pub 1905, Dan Baker, former Western Hockey League player, Saturday night. Went there with Ian Herbert's and Stan Marple and the Bears coaching staff. And, um,. Uh Lo and behold, uh, when I think of Dan, I think of Al May, because that's who replaced Dan with the new Westminster Bruins back in the day. Al, all these years later, Dan never brings it up. I'm telling you, it never, it did not leave an indelible impression in his mind. He's never said, you know, Alan May went on to play in the NHL, and uh, I got bumped off new Westminster's team because of Al. So there you go. How are you doing, big man?
1: great and i never knew that and i and i don't apologize for it because you know it was a, a great opportunity for me and i only went back because punch McLean was the coach and i knew he liked guys that played the game uh the old hard difficult physical way
0: yeah well when your name's punch you pro nicknames punch you probably know how he plays the game you know what i'm saying
1: absolutely 100 and he's still a great old guy that whenever you're in the uh vancouver arenas you'll always bump into him and he remembers everyone's name i can't believe he can remember every single player that ever played for him yeah. and after the life that this guy has had and the amount of players that he had playing for him, it, it, he's an absolute wonder
0: well he uh he went missing in the bush a couple of years ago didn't he and then they found him
1: oh, i always there this, there been in plane accidents he has a, has had a bulldozer blade fall on his head and
0: Didn't he? Speaking of, uh, uh, wasn't there a, a line brawl? And he was coaching New West, and that's when they had the toughest team in hockey. They were tougher than the Philadelphia Flyers in the mid seventies. And there was a line brawl, and somebody made fun of their backup goalie for being blind or partially blind. And or the I, right?
1: I, I'm not sure if that, it was that one, but I was in a in a bench in a game with about thirty or forty fights, and it was Hitchcock and and uh, and and punch. And, you know, there was a sign of a really big coach wearing a Kamloops Blazers uh, pull over or whatever. And, you know, something happened on the ice and punched waved out in the air. And then Hitch put his hand over his eye and that was all she wrote. And every single guy, Mark Recchi included, was uh, throwing fisticuffs the rest of the night. And I think each team ended with maybe one or two guys on the bench and playing three on three.
0: Old school. Uh, where do you want to start here? Because we are going to talk about the East. The Oilers are headed out East to play Pittsburgh and Carolina and the Islanders, which can transition us into Barry Trotz. Or do you want to start with the Oilers? Uh, it's Oilers now. Let's get, let's get going with what's going on out there. You watch every game. What do you uh, – I mean, Edmonton, uh, they just – you know, um, they've lost 11 of the last 13 games at home, which, you know, is not going to score points with your fan base. Yeah. Um, I know you had some initial thoughts when Edmonton replaced Todd McClellan uh, with Ken Hitchcock. What are you seeing right now with this team?
1: Well, you know, I, no matter what, you, they're the last team you should be rating every night for effort is the Edmonton Oilers. And they just don't have enough. And I think the last few times I've, I've said this on the air, they don't have enough talent. They have way too many players playing up the roster. And what's going to happen is, you know, they lost all those overtime. It felt like every night they were losing, blowing a lead and losing in overtime. Yeah. And, you know, you're still getting that loser point, which I can't stand for any team in the league. And, and you know, what what happens, whether in youth hockey, collegiate, junior, the minor league, the NHL, when you don't have enough, you're eventually going to give it away late. And it's not that players don't care. It's not that players aren't trying. There's just not enough great players on your lineup that you can keep stacking... On the ice, when you play the great teams, you know all of a sudden, you know you got Steve Stamkos come out, then you got Braden Point come out, then you know it's always something. Like wow, they just the Oilers don't have the depth, and that's the number one thing. It's not the players aren't trying, and you know I feel for the guys that are the the sixth, the fifth, and the fourth defenseman, and the guys in the bottom six because they've got to be wondering every day whether they're going to get waved or sat out the next twenty games. It's a lot of pressure on these guys, and you know, some of them are lucky to be getting NHL jersey in any game they play, and then the other guys, it's a tough, it's just it's just a tough situation for the players because there's not enough there.
0: Um, because some would say, including a couple of writers in town, that you're free passing the top end players when you say that that, they don't that a... you know
1: what the, the, the writers haven't played since hockey, and you know what, being a guy that that's played and coached. You're not the top guys can't do it all. You know, you saw Wayne Gretzky. You know, once LA had a diminished roster years ago, there wasn't enough Wayne could do, and, and the and the top players there, and they're still putting up big numbers. It doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean that they're, they're not trying. And, and that's you know, let's go recent. There's guys on certain teams that are giving their all every night. They're they're taking it on the chin by their local press. They're putting out. There's just not enough there. You have to have a loaded deck, and the Oilers do not have a loaded deck, and. If, I've seen them play. They've dumbed down the game as best they can for the type of skaters they have on that team. In my opinion, their top three defensemen are playing way up in the order, and and I like, uh, I, I like them. I, I like Darnell Nurse, but I don't like him being the guy on the power play, the number one guy. I like Adam Larson, but I don't think he's a number one right-handed defenseman in the National Hockey League. Clevland, I don't think is a number one left lefty right. hand in the National Hockey League. But they're very very good players, and if you can get more players around them. And rather than throwing players under the bus, names I haven't mentioned, you know, there's a lot of guys that are six sevens getting in the lineup right now, and there's a lot of fives and fours that are playing one, two, and three. So it, you know, maybe they're a three, four, five, but you know what? It, it's it's just it, it's it's hard to assemble a team in this league. Uh, they've traded away some really, really good hockey players in Edmonton, and uh, I'm still baffled to this day by Taylor Hall. I still think you could have got Adam Larson for someone else. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Taylor Hall, he had a really bad at- attitude and didn't care about the game. And, and in New Jersey, they couldn't say, this guy cares more than anyone. And, you know, in New Jersey, and, and he, he comes to play every night, and, you know, he puts it all on the line, and there's no attitude issues. So, it's tough to play in Canada. It, it's, it's, it's tough to play in teams that don't have depth. And, you know, all the players, they have Twitter accounts and whatever, wherever they're reading, all the garbage is being placed out there, and it's, it's clickbait every day and it beats you down emotionally mentally and it affects your physical game so you know i think the players all care uh, i don't think it matters who's in that there it's not a goalie thing to me you could see both of those goaltenders go and play in, they both went to new york Islanders. they'd have numbers like robin Leonard. and uh it, when you have a, a full team it's easier play the game properly and it's a lot easier for goaltenders to be able to play they don't have to save your ass every single shift that is that that a different line combos
0: out there? Well, it's interesting because today Leon Drysaddle's getting. I mean, he had a. And again, I I think Leon's a terrific player. He had a bad sequence on the second goal against against San Jose. And now, you know, probably one sixth to one eighth of the Texters, we're getting are just hating on Leon Drysaddle. And uh, sometimes I wonder if it's just the money. You know what I mean? Like it's the, when higher end young guys. Uh, and it makes me wonder if there's something else. Like, it's just like, where does it come from? Uh, Bob, Leon, this text comes into us. Al, I'm going to read it to you. Leon's continuously lackluster defensive effort is yet another example of why it's, this team is where it is. When I hear saying player A uh, puts up too many points or too important offensively to, to expect solid effort in defensive zone, I've never actually said that. So this text is putting words in my mouth. Yeah, uh, but I anyways. have all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I just said he had a bad sequence of plays, and, and I pointed it out immediately in the broadcast. He turned the puck over uh, three times in the first five minutes of the game against the Sharks, and he got burnt eventually, and he got caught not backchecking on Evander Kane. Kane blew past him, and that's a learning experience for a 22-year-old player who's got the weight and the expectation of a city on him, along with Connor McDavid. And again, I'm with you. To me, it is a depth issue. Um, and then, you know, you, you got Hitch, and he's coaching f- for today. He's a 67-, 68-year-old guy. He's had a lot of success. The team went 9-2-2 two, and two to start. Uh, but it's floundering right now, and they've got to come up with solutions. And it's not easy, is it, Al?
1: No, it's not. And you know what? I think anyone that would have went in there would have had a, a great record. They needed to change. They needed to do something. But once again, you get everyone doing everything perfectly for a little bit, and then all of a sudden there are certain players, I don't know if I've ever mentioned I love Jake Beagle, I love Matt Humbert guys like that, yep. and the coaches that players, fall in, uh, players coaches fall in love with these type of players, but after they get the 12 minutes of ice time, they kill your team and so all of a sudden I see the second line at Edmonton is Brodziak, Cashin, and Lucic, and I like all three of those guys, but I don't want them on the second line. Well, during that during that run, they're playing way up in the order yeah. and you got all these other guys and they're cycling the puck corner to corner to corner to corner and you know, then they're backing off properly defensively. So you know what? The team's figured it out because there's just not enough there. They don't play the game. They don't have enough speed. they plod. Uh, and like I said, I- I'm not going to throw the players under the bus. You know, it's Everyone of them is grateful to be in the NHL. I see the effort there. I just see that they don't have enough talent with that many guys That aren't high-end skaters and quick movers out there it's tough and the other teams they have coaching staff's analytic departments as part of the coaching staff now they figure out what the other team is doing and their better talent takes advantage of that weaker talent when it applies 20 guys to the system and you know it's they figured it out the oilers were playing a, a very dumbed down brand of defensive hockey and all of a sudden they start to get eaten up every night and then you look at Leon Dreisaitl the other night. I saw that play I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And uh, that player came out of nowhere. So everyone to, to go on him, that would happen to any player on the Oilers who was in that position. That player came out of nowhere and went flying past him. But how does that puck get across the ice like that in the first place? you got to have back pressure on that puck. You've got to take away that passing lane. So that's not on. We, we always notice the last guy in the right. sequence. So that was on someone else. There's three life. mistakes I mean,
0: as day. a rule of thumb. There's three mistakes in every goal, right? So
1: absolutely, and that, that's easy to say, but you know, sometimes it's just one mistake, one glaring error in the coverage, and there were mistakes made before that pass that should have that pass should have never been able to get across the ice. And you know what, Anze Kopitar I said this on the show quite a few times. I he reminds me, or Leon Draisaitl reminds me of Anze Kopitar more than any player in the league that, who Draisaitl plays like. Now you tell me. About eight eight-year period, if every team in the league not want Andre Karpitov as their number one or two centerman, and if you let Leon Draisaitl go because of the Twitter hate, all of a sudden you got a huge issue. If you let Draisaitl go because he's going to go somewhere and kick some ass, and he's going to be more complete, he's going to learn from his little yeah. tiny marginal mistakes, and whether it's with the puck or without the puck and coverage. I love watching that kid play, and I'd hate to see where the Oilers would be without him. It'd be like letting Taylor Hall go Wow, well, you and just said it. It'd be back? like
0: Taylor Hall go, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, Shirelli comes in as general manager, inherits a pretty good situation, uh, put his mark on the team. Right And really, it happened in 2016, signing Lucic. And a lot of us believe Lucic could help the owners at that stage. I did not see the drop-off being that precipitous. Certainly for a calendar year, 2018 was one that he'd like to forget. He's actually been better in 2019. All right, Al, I want to switch focus because there's another end to this. You've worked all these years as a Washington Capitals broadcaster, and for years, people are like, "Wow, I can't get over the top with Alexander Ovechkin." And Oilers fans, Oilers fans out, are like, "We're missing our window with Connor McDavid right now. We're never like." And the fact is, there were some tough lessons for Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals along the way. It didn't happen overnight for him, did it?
1: Not, not, no. And you know what? They never had the right monsters. They had some teams that were running and gunning and putting up great numbers, but. You know, they were so bad on, without the puck. They didn't have complete coaching staff. They didn't have a great roster when you look at top to bottom. And you can't just be top-heavy and expect to win because the hole's when the other guys are on the ice, and then your top guys may have to cheat, and then you take advantage of that cheat. Uh, so it, a long time coming before they finally got all the right pieces in place, and that goes from GM all through the coaching staff at every level, and then every player on that roster, all 14 forwards that, that played, all eight defensemen that played last year, in the playoffs, and then you know Braden hope People were writing him off left and right last year. He's the worst goalie, and the backup's better, and the backup should be. And they found a way to put it all together at the right time and win themselves a Stanley Cup. And Ovechkin, you know, all those years that people were saying get rid of him, and it's time that time to close the close the book on the ob on ob in DC. I don't think I, I, I've never I've never not believed in this guy, and to this year, he's leading the National Hockey League and. In goals, he makes a mistake just like every player in the National Hockey League, but he still puts his heart into every single game. And I I can't imagine where this team would have been. You know, They'd be tanking it right now trying to find another Ovechkin.
0: All right, Uh, Barry Trotz, Uh, the Oilers have got Pittsburgh coming up first on a road trip, then they go to Carolina and then into Brooklyn to take on the Islanders. I want to ask you about first Barry Trotz and what he's done with the Islanders and then uh, circle back to Pittsburgh, the Oilers' opponent, the next game.
1: Well, the biggest thing with Barry Trotz, they lose John Tavares and and, uh, Toronto wins the Stanley Cup on July 4th. First, they don't have a parade on July 2nd. I don't know why. But, you know, Islanders aren't supposed to make the playoffs. But one thing with Barry Trotz, he learned a lot of lessons last year. It was his best year of coaching. He did so many things differently. But one thing that he never deviated from was structure and accountability with his players. He's a great communicator. He's very direct. Players may not like it, how he says it, compared to how the guy next to him may say it. Uh, but he brings that, and he doesn't back off. And, you know, it takes a few months to, to get it going. And I'm, I'm looking at the Islanders. All of a sudden, middle of December, there they are, like the Caps were his first year. You know, they were kind of in a state of flux. There was confusion, and, and, you know, not everyone in the same place. And then all of a sudden, everyone's got to figure out, ah, oh, it really does. Matthew Barzell, it took him probably the longest of anyone. And the structure, and then having an assistant coach like Wayne Lambert that backs him all the way. A goaltending coach in Mitch Corn and Robin who who is no damn good in Buffalo, all of a sudden he looks like the best goaltender in the National Hockey League because their structure when they don't have the puck and they realize he can score a lot more goals. And they have a lot of talented players. They have a lot of high-end skaters on that team. A lot of a lot of guys can get up and down the ice very, very well. And they're all coachable because they've all been through the ringer. And I've always felt that you know people like them at certain times. I just thought you know what I don't like how they play without the puck, but they've got really good players. And now that They've got structure and accountability there. And all these players look like they're completely different people. And you know what? It's because they're playing the game so much better defensively, and it's turning into a great transition to score some goals and get the game winners.
0: Pittsburgh, what should Oilers fans expect from them? You see them a lot.
1: Well, uh, I think Schultz, another guy that, you know, didn't have coaching at Edmonton all the way, Uh, if he gets back in the lineup, I expect them to come and wave after wave after wave, uh, you know, As fast as they go down the ice on the offensive attack, they're going to come back defensively. Uh, They move Jamie Alexiak because they need to Schultz back. But when they're moving the puck quick out of their zone, whether it's the high lob out of the zone when they're in trouble, they don't mess around with the forward wraps. They come at you and they drive your net. Crosby, to me, is still the hardest-working best player in the National Hockey League. He goes after your net every time. There's a trickle-down effect in the lineup where everyone's driving to the net. Whoever's in the middle, lane gets to your net. They shoot pucks from everywhere they got the guys that you get deflections, you get rebounds, you get screens, and uh, they got a lot of high-end players, but they all play that way because Sidney Crosby plays that way every single game.
0: Good stuff. Al, we appreciate your time. Uh, Have fun tonight. We'll touch base in a couple weeks, okay? All right. Take care, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Alan May. Uh, Over 400 games in the National Hockey League. He was a hard-nosed player. Solid perspective on things as well. It's 123 at Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. 126 this March, take your family to the beach. During spring break, great deals with fun in the sun destinations. Start planning today. Puerto Vallarta, 1549. Riviera Maya, 1699. Honolulu, 1875. These four- and five-star packages include accommodations, airfare, taxes, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For reservations, call the travel experts at New West Travel or book online at newesttravel.com Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Bob, you brought up uh, Alex. Alexander Novechkin, uh, one text says, uh, Yeah, well, the Capitals only missed the playoffs once. That text comes in regarding uh, Ovi. This text as well, Bob, you really think Connor McDavid's going to wait 10 years to win the Cup in Edmonton? Really? I know you work for the Oilers, but come on, bro. Be realistic, please. Um, you know, I find it interesting that McDavid signed an eight year deal, and you conversely look at. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs signing Austin Matthews to a five-year deal. If it was reversed, the fans would be going nuts here in Edmonton. Oh, he only signed five years. But I get it because Peter Pocklinson sold Wayne Gretzky. Has it ever occurred to anybody that Taylor Hall didn't want to be traded, by the way? Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, those players want to be part of the solution. Taylor Hall wanted to be part of the solution. Which is why we tried to play it as even keel as we could. And how many times do I say, if Taylor Hall goes to free agency, and look, if you're New Jersey, you're doing everything possible to ensure that doesn't that doesn't happen. By the way, I may or may not have bumped into Ray Shiro in Montreal. But what I will tell you is, if he gets to free agency, I've repeatedly stated, all 30 other NHL teams should be in there pitching. Figure out what I'm saying. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Jay Woodcroft, head coach of uh, the Bakersfield Condors and Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.